Locked in two groups at the 600 metres. Over on the far side, Finance Tycoon led by a length and a half, the Astrologist. And then September run under pressure from Rock and Horse and Swats that on the near side. It's Home Affairs held together, led by a length and a half to Lost and Running under the whip. Then Snap Dancer, Counter Rupee, Levante. And further back is Poland as they reach the clock tower over on the far side. Rock and Horse, the Astrologist together with September run on the near side. Levante led them, but it's over on the far side. Rock and horse, rock and horse in front. It's going to be an absolute boil over. Rock and horse won the new market from the astrologer's September run. And then for fourth, Swats, that's there with Artorius Levante. Next in the field, Zutori. Then Home Affairs, Mask Crusader, Finance Tycoon, Poland Snap Dancer, Wellback Quadigo, Helvorsen, Lost and Running Under Pressure, a long way from home, Oxley Road, and Count de Rupee. Well, Matt Hill said it all there, didn't he? When an absolute boil over. Our first guest this morning, I wonder if you share the same thoughts, uh, trainer Mike Moroni. Was it an absolute boil over in your eyes? Uh, certainly not, no. We, uh, I really thought the New Zealand form was up to it. Uh, she's, you know, the, the Levante who ran fourth and, and won the race on the other side, uh, there was only a pimple between them at, at Trentham and great time. And, They've been running that race at uh, Trentham for a long, long time, and to run the time that they did uh, meant that these these mares are going to be well and truly up to it. So, um, look, when you when you went through the form um, and then saw what was in the race, you started to get the shakes a bit. But um, you know, both them proved that you know the form was correct um, by Levante beating those other good horses on the outside as well. Mike, I'm fascinated by the pre-race talk between you and, and jockey Patrick Maloney, who obviously snared his first Group 1 win. Uh, you know, you drew your barrier three. Always the plan to, to, to stay on the inside, and and did the, did the race sort of work out how you kind of thought it would? I mean, the inside division was, was clearly superior. Yeah, look, take you back through that. Um, when I got on course, uh, my racing um, manager... Um, Anthony Froach rang me and said, look, Katrina uh, Williams is here. She'd like to see you. Uh, Katrina's in a wheelchair. She was a world-class equestrian rider and and um, had a bad fall and been in a wheel- wheelchair ever since. And she was there, so I had a bit of talk with her, and she was really bullish. And she said to me, I want to see Patrick before the race and give him a bit of a pep talk. <laughs> so we got Patrick out. And uh, Patrick even said to me, he said, she, said she um, gave me a real strong pep talk and... And, um, you know, really sort of pumped them up. And I think that really helped. And now the first thing I said to Patrick was, what do you want to do? I, I said, I think we're going to come to the middle and to the outer. And he said, I don't. He said, there's a few of us want to go to the inside. And he said, there's a group of guys all talking that, you know, the, 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 the better forms on the outer, but our chance of beating them is if we go to the inner um, and set up the right gallop. And I just think that's, that's what they did. They set up. When you watch the, the white lines across the, the, the screen there, they won the race by um, measuring their gallop the whole way. And whereas I don't think there's a big bias, I just think it was that they got it right and the ones on the outer got it wrong. Um, and then when you frank the form, you say, well, OK, those better ones on the outside, Levante beats them easily. And that means that it's the right form. I think if we're out, out with them, on the outer part, we still won the race. So I think the form pranked itself by the result on the outside as well. So I do think that that was the master stroke, those guys getting the pace right. And I think a, a little bit of um, luck there 
in the fact that there's always going to be a couple of quick horses go go to the inner, uh, which really helped Carter me like mine into the race at the right time. Well, they certainly did get it right. Just back to the, the, the Kiwi sprinting form, Mike. I think in Australia we have a tendency just to dismiss it. You know, I'm old enough to remember Mr Tiz coming here and winning a, a Galaxy. But as a rule, the, the Kiwi sprinters have have been a rung below ours. What what made you think that this particular vintage of the New Zealand sprinters would stack up uh, to this lot? Uh, just the times they're running over there. Um, and, and, OK, you're just going to compare times. Uh, they ran so fast there uh, at Trentham, and that, that's yeah. been, you know, that race has been run for a long, long time. And, and you know that if they can run that time compared to the, the other uh, champion sprinters like Mr. Tiz that have been down the, the straight there at Trentham, uh, if they can run those sort of times, they're well up to them, they're really up to them. And look, I, was, I worked for Dave O'Sullivan uh, all the way through. Um, I'd, I was out by myself all the time Mr. Tiz came along. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just as I was leaving Dave um, to set up by myself that Mr. Tiz was a yearling there mm-hmm. uh, then. So, um, but just saw him and what he could do in New Zealand and then when, when he came to Australia, his win in the galaxy was unbelievable. So yeah, I know it's a long time uh, between drinks and uh, Mr. Tiz was quite bletchingly, uh, but this Pure Encanto is a great Cyrus sprinter and he was a, Point to Sam, he broke one nine himself overseas that many times when he was winning his races. Uh, he's a real speed horse, and he's um, proved it by having two runners in his stage new market. And yeah. he's the leading sire in Hong Kong this year too, or last, last season. So he's he's, a, he's becoming a, uh, a very very good sire. Mike, talk to us a bit about Patrick Maloney. I'm just looking at his uh, at his social media profile here, and uh, he describes himself as just a ginger ninja living the dream. But he's a hell of a lot more than that. He's a Group One winning oh, jockey okay. now, and and he's watched a few of his mates like Ben Allen win Group Ones recently. But uh, you know, a magic moment for him. Magic moment for him and, and myself with him too, because Patrick came in as my stable rider for about uh, two and a half years. Um, I think that the the race that sort of lost him the job was his his ride in the new market on Tabachi. It wasn't his fault at all. He rode to instructions and things went wrong. He should have won the new market that year. And I think that was just and then we split split ways, but amicably. And I've always been um, a friend and, and a close friend of, of Patrick's. He's a, a great young guy uh, with work ethics that you know you just couldn't knock. His ability um, as a horseman is unbelievable. Um, I would say he's the, the best jockey I've had uh, that consistently rode track work for me over the years. And he was the best horseman of them. Um, he'd hop on young ones. He was brought up on young horses. Uh, a true horseman. And it was just great to see him get the group one and then for me as well because he was, you know, we got pretty close. And then at times, you know, you'd say he's like a son to me. So um, to have. That um, was really special yesterday. And Mike, just explain to us how it works with with you and Pam Gerard that that training situation. Yeah, look, it works out perfectly because um, we leave a lot of the horses and, and that in New Zealand until they mature. Uh, certainly, the best place in the world I've seen for for growing clean bone and horses. Um, I've been in Kentucky, Ireland, the other noted places mm. um, for it. But the, the environment um, there in New Zealand and, and the, the weather just, just tends to breed um, really clean-boned, um, sound horses. 
And I've always given them the time. This mare here, she injured herself a little bit before we got hold of her. I know she was due in the stable a few times and hurt herself down at the stud. So she didn't uh, turn up to us till a later age, and she was never straightforward, so Pam's done a great job with her. And it's a great opportunity for, for people to leave horses in New Zealand, grow them out properly, and then have them come across. So the situation's worked out really well. Uh, we've sent Sound back there. He runs in the Auckland Cup today. I think I've sent about four or five back to win Group 1 races there. So we, we do sort of um, spread it around a little bit and, and that, and, and it's also great for, for mares and fillies to get back tight in New Zealand. We do that a bit too, send them across here for that. So... The whole system works out great, and um, the outline may, may continue because we've uh, bought a few really nice yearlings over there this year, and Pam's a, does a great job. She's a great horsewoman. She had trained 100 or so winners in her own right before she came into partnership with me. And, um, you know, I know, with, especially with COVID being on, I haven't been able to get back there. I only got back there once briefly, uh, but I know that the horses are in good hands, and she's worked for me for long enough now that, um, even though we do a lot by phone, um, I'm pretty sure that you know she she knows exactly what to do and does a great job. And the wheel, uh, I guess, of racing keeps turning, doesn't it, Mike? I noted with noted with interest the other day that uh, Tefane um, is going to be sold at the Magic Millions National Sale. Uh, the four-time Group One winner who's just given you a lot of joy. So I guess you'd be a bit sad to see her leave. Yeah, look, she really has. Those beers are hard to find. Um, you know, a lot of them only beat their own age and sex, but she hasn't. She, she's taken on all comers and won, won these group ones, and takes a special horse to do that. Um, I think she's been pretty underrated for, for you know, what she's achieved. And uh, she's going to be sadly missing the stable, and we're just going to be able to replace her. Uh, they're, they're very, very hard to find, those ones. But, look, she's been great for the stable. Uh, now it's come the time that, um, at her age, she really needs to go to the breeding barn, so... She'll have two more runs. Um, she runs in the All-Star Mile. And then it'll either be the uh, the Mayor's um, Wake Parade um, in Sydney or the All-Age Stakes. It'll be a swan song. And um, a, a quick break and then um, up to the sales. I mean, lovely to see her get another Group 1 before she goes. And in terms of rock and horse, what's the agenda for her now? Look, we had planned on um, running in the Sangster in Adelaide, freshen up again. She's mm-hmm. good fresh. Uh, we did throw a nominee for TJ Smith. Um, I'll, I'll have a bit of a, a um, meeting with Sam um, and Katrina over uh, where we, we're going to hit next. But they were the original plans. We'd come here for the new market. And we'd go and we would run in the, the Sangster and the Goodwood um, with, with what the plans were originally. Um, as to whether we change plans, I suppose the risk you take is the weather will be up in Sydney. Yep. And um, that's the same with my really good three-year-old colleagues. So you see that we're probably going to go out late because we're not really, uh, we don't want to risk the weather in Sydney, uh, which is normally wet during that, that carnival. So, um, yeah, that's uh, a few things we've got to add up. Um, but at this stage, that's, you know, the plan was to run on the Sanks All right, we look forward to seeing her when she next steps out. Good luck with Tefani heading to the All-Star Mile this weekend, and we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.